Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's another week. It's another episode. Glad to have you back. My name's Stu Whiffin. I'll be the host of the podcast. And joining me today is Riker. Street artist, uh, I guess we could just call him an artist, right? Maker of the coolest toys, uh, incredible action figures. I mean, as much as it pains me to mention him yet again, he makes an action figure a Scroobius Pip. Who gets their own action figure? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it was great to catch up with Ryan. Um, we, we, we're friends, we've met a fair few times and, and, and hung out and stuff, so it was great to... Um, get and sit and chat with him so before we get on with the episode um big thanks to everybody at the distraction pieces network there's some great podcasts over there featuring hosts such as scroobius pip brett goldstein uh dr susie gage jason reed jim smallman um chris glasson and the new kid on the block mr dan lasac um former musical um, partner in crime with Pip and now a standalone podcaster. So go and check out Dan's new podcast because um, he's the newest member to the Distraction Pieces family. Um, big thanks to My Name Is Ad for doing the artwork. Thanks to Mr76 for producing this. And thanks to uh, Ben Berlin at the WeWork building for letting us record there. And I guess that's it. If you want to hear some more episodes, we have a Patreon page that you can go over to and uh, there's another weekly show goes out on there. And there's if you really like the stuff and you want to wear T-shirts and stuff like that or get art prints made by the artist Paul McDonald, um, head over to the, the one-stop shop for everything is uh, off the beat and track podcast.com. So go and have a little look over there. I'll stop waffling. Let's get on with the podcast. Please enjoy Off the Beat and Track with Riker. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year, and they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music, 
And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out, because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast, and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code, Beat15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk, official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Me, stew with him, and we are recording. We are at the WeWork building. We've had a shuffle around. We was in one room, and then we got told to move on, and we've been uh, taken to another floor. We're now in a disused office uh, at, at the WeWork building in Liverpool Street. I don't know why I felt the need to tell you all that. It's of no bearing to this podcast. But um, what is important to this podcast is my guest, and he's sitting opposite me, and it is Riker. How you doing? I'm good, you right? Yes, good to be back um, on this side of the mic. Lovely, and you're the first guest that's bought beer. Yeah, I was thirsty, and so by default you get one. <laughs> good beer as well, man, Ho Garden. Yeah. Um, Just to clarify, not the official sponsors of Off the Beaten Track. No. Could be though, tweet in. It's nicer with a slice of orange, isn't it? Yeah, that was, I used to drink that when... My band years ago used to play the Rock Garden. They had it uh, on draft in there, and you get it's a, the best beer on draft. A pint of it with a lump of letter, uh, orange in it. That's the first pint I've. It was London, and it was a long time ago, probably fifteen years ago. And the first pint I paid over a five or four. And yeah. I was fucking shell shocked because I was used to paying one eighty for a Carlin, and I was like, "What? What are we talking about? Yeah. When's the happy hour?" And they're like, "No, that's how much this is." And I was like, "Well, I'm keeping the glass then." Yeah. Fucking massive glass. Yeah, you could kill someone with one of them no, glasses, I like, I couldn't I you? I did take it home. I yeah. was like, I'm not, not having that. Yeah, you realise that that weren't part of the deal for five quid. No, you I knew exactly. I'm, I, I couldn't, I felt compelled to have a souvenir. Yeah, what my money's worth. For six quid. <laughs> well, uh, we should make it clear that, um, that we know each other. Um, you've been on Hard Racing Podcast. Yes. And you've... Uh, we'll talk about your... And Pips. And Pips. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about your creative outputs. I mean, you're yet to make action figures of Chris and I, but you've made them for Scroob. <laughs> yeah. Two separate figures for Scroob now. You're, yeah, it's about marketability. <laughs> and your, your stock is increasing. You're almost at the point of keyring. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say everything's possible. Brilliant. There, there Brilliant. could be... Uh, It'd be nice to do Chris with a, you know, like a woody pull string at the back. That'd be great. When it, it says stuff. You'd, you'd have to have a massive speaker because he's the loudest person I know as well. 
That would be, yeah, that would be quality. So, yeah, we've met through, through podcasts and through Pip and uh, previous guest Mark Watts as well. So we, we all know lots of the same people and uh, hence our paths have crossed. Uh, we should say that you're an artist, um, which is what you're most widely known for. Um, that's yeah. fair to say, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not known for my uh, MCing career or my failed DJ career. Look um, forward to talking about that and if you're racing this podcast. I, yeah, art, visual art. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where I've, um, I've, I've struck a little bit of success and a Absolutely. bit of um, fame, I guess. Lovely. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that, obviously, um, as this unfolds. Firstly, song with the greatest intro, right? Um, so, I did a bit of um, research, listening to previous guests, and uh, I just... The, the, I, I, with this one, I went with what just come to my mind first off, and it stuck around, and it's, a, it's an obscure um, producer in drum and bass terms, because they weren't prolific... And it's called, they're called Conflict, and the tune's called Messiah. And uh, I heard, it's one of them ones where I heard it in Bagley's probably back in like early 2000s. And someone, I don't know who it was, someone started their set with it, and it's, it's just epic. It's like an Eastern chanting, winding, just melodic thing. And it, for drum and bass, it's about a minute and a half before it actually drops, which yeah. is. In a rave, that's an eternity. Yeah. Because people are standing around, don't know what the fuck to do. They can't dance. Is it dance worth it. the wait? Oh. Everyone needs to own this record, even right. if you don't like drum and bass. Because it's just, it's, it's epic. And it's been, it's probably not original in its sense. Like, it's probably sampled from somewhere else yeah. as much as drum and bass is. I don't know where it originates. Um, there's probably some... More than likely the aim and break, right? Everything seems to have come from that. Yeah, but it's this, this intro, it's like maybe the Beatles did something like I'm not, you know, I'm not massively into their back catalogue, but mm. um, as a drum and bass tune, that climax, the minute and a half of tension, the build-up, and then you go bang straight into 170 yeah. beats a minute. It's, it's a rush. It's a fucking... It's a drop of drops for me. Love it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I toyed with other answers to this question. You could have some from him. Uh, Falls Gold, Stone Roses. That's if a great I'm, shirt. Yeah, if I'm going like bands, because I just like the wobbliness. And, but them two tunes are quite similar in their Eastern sort of yeah. vibe, wobbliness. Yeah. And, and then I was just like, but after listening to a few, I was like, no, nah, do you know what? A lot of people have yeah. covered guitars, and I like that music. Yeah. But this section shaped my art. Yeah. Dance music, British dance music. Yeah. Um, and the, the dance genres. So yeah. I was like, really, I should celebrate that back, give something yeah. back, give a bit of like, oh, these are the nods to yeah. why I make a lot of smiley face, yeah. rave culture yeah. pieces. That's yeah, I mean, you, you, you've had a pretty decent nod to dance music. You know, you've, you're getting a sort of do work for the Prodigy and Fatboy Slim. I mean, if, yeah. as far as UK dance music goes, that's top of the tree, right? Yeah, oh, well, I've been on tour with Norman Cook. I'd just come off his UK tour. Amazing. And I was doing live art in um, all but one show of all around the UK. I just didn't go to Glasgow. What, what did that involve? So it was, um, we had pre-printed white T-shirts with a yellow splodge on that I designed um, at the venues. And I had a yellow tent. Um, I was always like moving around, but I was usually near the mixing desks of the sound engineers. But it was quite 
well illuminated. And um, so I was in the main arena. Um, so I got to see the shows this time because we did it. We did it once before, and I was out in the merch, and that was at Ali Pali, and that was mental. But um, this one was so basically, yeah. The t-shirt was blank. People come up, and I do a few examples, and it was like DIY sort of smiley faces. People were having like names on the back, like football shirts, and then um, I, d- I started going off on a tangent. So like, not just doing smileys, doing like pirates and doing gurning ones and you know like ones with beards and it just it got out of hand like so after like this it was uh, over two weeks it was about i think it was eight dates over two weeks um 300 plus shirts over wow. that time and uh yeah it was just mental because you're in in the vibe of it and all the warm like people were just coming up and then you'd see amongst that fucking huge crowd by the time he's on stage yeah you'd see your shirt. Like, I would see in my shirts in dots. Like, they were quite clear because there yeah. was, like, you know, these white yeah. beacons amongst a big crowd. That's every amazing. Place. And um, I can't... Yeah, every, you know, every venue got it and got into it and, um, you know, it was, it was great. We even yeah. did Dublin. It was, like, the last date. Yeah. Nuts. Just absolutely oh, nuts. Amazing. Have you listened to him on Pips yet? That, that come out, um, well, by the time this comes out, probably about a month or so ago, but come out last week, Pip talking to Norman, it's a good listen. Yeah, uh, well, they talk about me, which is always weird. Yes. Because Liam Howlett and Pip did the same thing. They did. So I'm like, yeah, I, I sort of feel, I feel awkward when I listen to it, because yeah. I'm like, oh, fucking hell, they're, uh, yeah. I'd rather, I, I'd, I'd like to listen to someone who's coated me off. Yeah. Because I don't know how I would react. So it's yeah. always like high praise. And I'm like, that's nice. Yeah. I probably wouldn't like the slagging off, but yeah. I'm like, it's just weird. You well, you ain't heard the intro and outro I'm going to do for this one, <laughs> yet, mate. <laughs> well, Give you yeah. a right idea. Let's balance the books. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, it, it's kind of surreal, man. Like, it's really, it really is. Like, yeah. them two legends talking about me. And then I'm like, and then you've got Pip. And then it's like, it's fucking, yeah, it's weird. It's a good company to keep, right? Yeah, it's it's strange. And then the people I've met through like Pips and your network and yeah. stuff like yeah, it's just it just gets a bit weird because I'm a proper fanboy when I see actors or yeah. other musicians. Yeah, I, I lose my shit. I dissolve. <laughs> I can't I, even now. I can't I can't really hold it together if I'm in a in, a, in an event with someone I've never yeah. met and I'm like fuck, it's them. Yeah, yeah, can't can't cope. I'm I'm generally all right. But boxers or MMA fighters, I'm, I'm, I'm useless. I, I just crumble, absolutely crumble. And uh, that, that, that's the one where I just think, oh, right, I'm going to say something really stupid. Mm. And they're the last people you want to upset as well. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, generally, like, I'm, I'm just excited if I see like, a musician that I, I really respect. I just get excited because I know that yeah. it's walking that fine line. If I've got a million and one questions to ask them, but try not to just irritate well, and yeah them. i mean my excitement just turns me into an eight-year-old yeah likewise and then and then you t- you say something inappropriate yeah because you've been holding it in for 30 <laughs> plus years they've been hearing it every night from 100 people yeah so I, I met ian brown at one of goldie's art shows wow because they're friends and uh, he's just there mingling and i was so i was about to say something to him just like oh mate you're you're a fucking legend like that's it that's enough. Yeah. This guy just bundled in and went, oh, mate, I, I love your stuff with the Stone Roses. And he went, I'm still making music now, mate. 
That's what he said to, like, Ian Brown said that to the geezer. And I was like, thank fuck, someone else, like, slipped up. Yeah. And, and, then I, and then I was just like, oh, mate, you're a, you know, you're a legend and uh, I really like your new stuff. Because I think F-E-A-R had just come out. Right, right. Which, his solo stuff's amazing as well. Yeah, that's a tune that is, mate. Yeah, so fucking clever. So Have clever. you seen the new video? No. So he's just put a track out, which is filmed in South End Seafront. Um, really? Because, yep. Yeah, I, I literally see a few people I know from, from obviously, like, you know, we, we don't live too far from South End, posting pictures with Ian Brown. And I'm like... <laughs> What's Ian, is Ian Brown by South MP? What's going on? Didn't think anything more of it. And then I see the video, and the video's... It's really cool. His head is in the... What's the machine in Big, where you put the money in? Uh, and the, yes, I've seen the clip the, of that. The, I didn't um, realise it was a music... Yeah, yeah, the fortune teller. The fortune teller thing, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, Ian Mystic, Brown's head. Mystic yeah, Meg machine. I can't think what it's called. It's got a name in it. It begins yeah. with Z. I can't think what it is. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. It's a fucking crazy It's like video. the gypsy fortune yeah, teller yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, it's his head, and it's, it's pretty weird. I've seen, a, I've seen a clip of that now, yeah. but I didn't know that was a music video, yeah. so I'm going to have to look that Yeah, up. it's well worth a look. I just thought it was saying, oh, do you know, like the internet now, you've got no chronology on... Yeah. Especially meme culture. Yeah. Like, is that now? Is yeah. that old? Is this... What, yeah. You know, where does this slot into stuff? Did it just pass me by? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Track two, right? The first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you? Um, so, I've gone with um, Thriller by Michael Jackson. Um, I mean, I've gone massively off Michael Jackson for reasons. Um, but Thriller is like... For the sake of this, we can separate the man from the music, yeah? Yeah, so, but Thriller, you know, it, it's a fucking tune, isn't it? And uh, the video, especially, was, like, amazing. And um, it was quite scary when I was introduced to it. I don't know, I can't remember how young I was, but I managed... I ended up with a VHS of the making of. And that making of eventually sort of led to me becoming a model maker and doing, like, sticking with art and trying to get into film... Uh, that, was, that was, you can trace it back to that. Yeah, I don't know any other thing. It wasn't like, I didn't have movie making of books back then. Yeah. I, I collect them now, but um, that weren't a thing. And behind, you know, like DVD, the DVDs weren't a thing when I was a kid. Um, so this was a unique sort of VHS. It was weird. It was like, because the Thriller Uncut one is about 15 minutes, yeah. the track. And then... The, the whole video is about an hour and a half, mm. and it's you know loads of stuff, and it's John Landis who did American Werewolf in London, and the, I don't think it's been bettered mm. as a music video. I think um, Chris Cunningham's come close to yeah, some, definitely. but the mu- uh, it's, it's weird. But like, I think what what we around Thriller, there was probably maybe only three years after that before. Um, puppeteering got replaced by um, CGI. Really? I, I guess so. I'm just trying to think. I don't know like, when it came out. 80-something? Uh, thriller would have been, eight, I think, 82, maybe? Uh, well, I was born in 81. Yeah. So I didn't see this until I was sort of five, six. Fast forward maybe to, like, what, 89, 90? When's Men in Black and stuff like that? But I don't know when CGI kind of come in. I but think Terminator 2 was one of the first to have. Right. So that's 1990. Yeah. But then you had, like, the early Pixar thing was... I'm sure 88, like, tr- you had um, Lawnmower Man. Yeah. 89, something like that. It was, it was all liquidy. In, yeah. You know, in terms of CGI, the liquidy yeah. stuff's easy to do. Yeah. Um, 
But yes, but that, that still, for me, when you look back at Thriller um, and film, it's, it's going back again because yeah. I'm sick of CGI in a lot of unnecessary circumstances and I just wish that they'd go back to prosthetics and animatronics. Well, they are. And latex. Well, this is the, this is the beautiful thing. I got to sit down um, for a, a, another podcast that I haven't sort of put out yet, I'm doing with, 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 with uh, someone else, and I got to sit with the guy that was head of puppeteering on Gremlins. Fucking hell. Uh, and Howard the Duck. Um, and loads and loads of stuff around that time, and he was saying that, you know, uh, he also done... Sorry, Men in Black was puppets. And he was saying yeah. like he'd done, he, he was, he dealt with all the robotics on Men in Black. Then it went quiet, and now they're going back to that, and he's now doing Stranger Things. Amazing, yeah. And uh, because there was so much of it lost. And I think CGI, I mean, I guess Star Wars, I mean, we should talk about Star Wars at some <laughs> point, right? Because it's obviously had a, a rather large impact on uh, yeah. uh, every breath you take, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, and I dream about it, so... <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, if you look at when Star Wars come out to maybe the remakes that come out In around... Life. Well, no, when they did... So the, they, they did rework into the originals. So that was where Jabba kind of, by the Millennium Falcon, that... Yeah. I'm not feeling that, right? It's, it's not the best. It's just there's a lot of shoehorning. Yeah. Of, footage they had. Is that the closest you're going to get to saying something negative about Star Wars? Oh no, I'd like, if we just talk about the prequels I could go on for a couple of hours. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. um, you know, I digress about, uh, on that. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's the, oh, yeah, it's current. Yeah, it's in a, it's in a bit of a state for me. Um, but the reworkings, the yeah. re-edited ones, they made, the, the biggest bullshit thing they did was they changed Han Solo shooting first yeah. to Greedo shooting yeah. first. It's like, nah, you've just taken a little edge off of the cool fucking Han yeah. Solo. Um, I like some of the shit they put in only because it spawned more toys. Hmm. Um, so I'm not totally against those and they've got a time. But what came after that success of relaunching that trilogy was the prequels, 99, yeah. Phantom Menace, 20 yeah. years old this year. His it's, it's birthday just passed. And they're horrific. That that set of films yeah. is, you know, if you're remaking Spider-Man three times, just go and fix them, yeah. please. Please, Disney, just fix them. <laughs> You've got enough money, go and fix them. You can't actually see Ryan's crying at the moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, only, I, I'm crying into the beer bottle and then re-drinking it. <laughs> uh, right. But, but the mu- music in Star Wars is something that doesn't appear on my list, but John Williams uh, completely... Master, probably like my favourite. I mean, he's done more than Star Wars. Everything that's ever. Did good he do ET? Uh, maybe, but he did. He's done like Jurassic Park. It's yeah. fucking stupid the amount yeah. of good stuff he's done. And anything that sends a spine tingling sensation up here, yeah, it's usually John Williams. And yeah. I think he's just scoring the last Star Wars film, and that's his. That's him. It's his swan song. It's his, he's done. He's out. So come Christmas, he's probably already done it. Yeah. But this is it. He's, he's he's actually finally hanging up the. Um, I don't know what they. What is that? A wand? Uh, it's got to be something magical, mate. He's hanging up his thing. Yeah. <laughs> the conducting stick thing. Yeah, conducting. Rod, whatever it is. Whatever it is. We we'll oh, go wand. It's got a name. Sorry, reminds you of school, Ryan. Um, I, I went with um, 
Three Lions. Okay. The the um, Euro '96 version because I was I was trying to work this out. I was year nine in '96 and I went to a couple of the games because it was in England and uh, I went to a Wembley game um, with my dad. We went to Spain and we won on penalties. Rare thing we never repeated for 20 years. So year nine and I went to a really small school in Bethnal Green. There was only 600 people in the whole school and we had no grass fields. That's one of my things I always tell people. I'm like, um, there's certain sports I've never played because we couldn't, we didn't have facilities. And That's so fucking weird. Never isn't played it? rugby. Never, never ever held a rugby ball. Yeah. Um, because you can't play it on concrete. Yeah. It's gonna fucking hurt. Yeah. Um, so we used to just, it was pretty shit. We used to just do like five aside football, and, uh, and that was about it. It was like n- nothing else. We didn't really do anything. We used to travel and go to your call. I learned to swim in your call, which is weird. Um, but that, that was a... Like, we could walk there in five minutes, but we had to get a coach because of health and safety. Anyway, I'm going off the... Yeah. I'm going off the beaten track there. Uh, <laughs> See what you're doing there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so then uh, Euro 98, uh, I was leaving school in 98, and um, the World Cup was in June. Uh, I did Google to check the dates because you leave school earlier in the year if I remember right, in year yeah. in, then, you come back to do your exams in the summer. And I turned up at my history exam with a white sprayed head with a George Cross in red. And, my, and they, you know, they sort of got bodyguards on the doors of your sports hall. And uh, I turned up, and he was like, what have you done to your hair? You can't come in the exam like that. I went, what are you talking about? It's just a haircut. Yeah. Like, he went, no, 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 you can't, you can't come in. It's too disruptive. I was like... I'm probably going to get one of the best results of all anyone sitting in there, and I. Yeah. He went, oh, "Well, just sit down quietly." <laughs> <laughs> so, was you bright at school? Um, I was like one of those creativity been, aside, ac- ac- academic-wise. I've been told I was one of those annoying fuckers who would disrupt the class and didn't have to try, and I got the best results in my whole school. Oh, you massive wanker! How horrible! But my I school was people. really small, <laughs> and. I literally did my IT back then. It was IT. I don't know. It's, it's probably got loads of other letters thrown yeah. in now. But IT, I got a, an A star in right. my two options in GCSEs. Art got an A star. I did Star Wars, piece of piss. Um, and IT, I did my coursework, which was seventy percent of your mark in eighteen hours. I left it at the last minute and just smashed it. Crammed it. I didn't have to... I, I'm just lucky. I didn't have to try it, and I never did an 11+, plus because I went to school in Tower Hamlets. There's no yeah. grammar school, so you don't do an 11+. plus. Yeah. I don't know if it's changed now. That's tragic, isn't it? But I went to school with some people who were... Re- like, when I said I got the best results, best results of the boys, so there's only... If there's 600... I'll break it down to it's less glamorous. There's 600 people in the whole school. There was probably only 120 people... In the year, so it's only 60 boys. So I've got the best out of 60 boys. Yeah. So it's not that massive, because yeah. some schools are fucking... Yeah, huge. yeah, of course, but of course. I, yeah, I, I, I was just one of those lucky people. I didn't have to try. I didn't really... Felt like I never listened to anything, but I absorbed everything. Yeah. And I continued to absorb knowledge without having to try very hard. So, what, I mean, you said you got an A-star in art, but was that, like, encouraged your creativity? Uh, was it I, picked up on as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I um, I stopped my mate from walking out of the exam, and he got an A. He was ready to quit, and I said, no, nah, you're onto something. Just finish it. Help. You know, just sort of talked him through it. And uh, 
and I used to help people. Like my art lesson was the easiest thing for me, um, and my teacher was my form tutor. Just so happened to be my form tutor, and she was she was like massively encouraging to anyone who anyone who cared for it. She cared. If you didn't want to do art, she wasn't bothered yeah. about you. But and, and I think teaching should be more like that. Stop wasting energy on the ones who don't really want to listen and stuff, and just maybe. You know, back then, I, I don't know if we was experimental, but we had tears in maths, but we didn't. Ha- you didn't have tears in other, you know, like, um, oh, what was it called? High grade and low grade. So people who they thought was a bit shit went into the low grade, and the, the better class was a bit of a mishmash yeah. from your other lessons. Um, but no other, no other subjects did that. Yeah. Only maths. It was weird. Um, but... Yeah, I guess creativity was encouraged. I left school with that. I went to do art again. Really didn't know what I wanted to do. Wanted to go into film. Didn't didn't know how. Didn't realise how nepotistical that world is. Um, and discovered a model making course, which I did as a BTEC just by fluke. Went to Barking College, which is in Dagenham, because um, I had to stay local. I didn't I didn't want to get in loads of debt. Yeah. And uh, this was at the time where they were just trying to change. They were talking about changing for fees. So my first two years is free anyway, that first two years of BTEC. And then um, I was the first year to pay a £1,000 to do a course fee. And that was my second year of my HND, I think. And I only took a grand and I bought a computer with it. And because I was living at home and getting the bus, I was like, no, nah, fuck that. Everyone was like, they were just throwing money at you. And yeah. people were taking it, but I was working. Yeah. So I'd just spend what I earned yeah. working in a pub. On the raving yeah. and uh, and yeah, well, you know, I paid I paid my measly yeah. loan off, and I know people now fucking crippled, man, yeah. with debt. So uh, that helps. But going back creative. to school, yeah, did you have a good gang of mates? Did you have a connection with your mates as well? Did you feel like people were were on the same page as you? Yeah, I mean, because um, it was. Um, like a, a small school in that area, it sounds weird, but our school was um, so out of six hundred people, it was a at my year, it was like it got to the point where that school now is about ninety percent Bengali school, and it was an Islamic teaching centre after hours. Where even when I was there, and you could do, it was just catering for the demographic. Back then, as a kid, you feel like you're we was minority as as white sort of, you know, poor kids. We were a minority amongst the rest of the school, just in terms of um, who we went to school with. Mm. And um, things like the um, headscarf, not, it wasn't like a full-face hijab, but that became part of our school uniform. A lot of us couldn't cope. I couldn't cope with that at the time. So I, I stopped wearing tra- um, shoes and just wear trainers as a sort of a rebellious thing. And... Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So, if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast, and you can listen to all the songs, because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there... I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast.
See you on the other side. But it's that being a bit naive as a 14, 15-year-old, you just don't really understand it. And RE, because it's a multi-faith school as well, RE was just one of those bullshit lessons you could just skip yeah. and do nothing instead. Because like, it was half an hour once a week. And looking back on it, I'm glad I did those sitting lessons because we, um, we had a very strict uh, Muslim woman teacher and she had to teach us about things she didn't believe in, which is quite a bizarre lesson to sit in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like hypocrisy. She's, she, her job is to teach stuff. Yeah, it's just mad. Like, there's no other lesson in school like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. For her. So it's quite mad to sit in that and just sort of be a bit of a prick. Yeah. About, oh, miss, why have you put, like, you know, your, your cupboard of relics? Why is Judaism at the bottom? You know? Yeah. Is it because you don't like them? Yeah. Just, you know, stupid shit yeah, you could wind her up on. Yeah. She'd be like, no, it's just because we rotate the cut. And it's like, yeah, I know, we're just winding you up. Yeah. But, yeah, so... Still get an A-star? I didn't, no, I didn't do GCSE in that. But um, you, you, you grow out of that, you learn, and you realise, you know, this is, this is culture, man. And it's actually... I, having, having to move from um, sort of inner-city poor London to Essex, that demographic of people I've met there... Don't are not as enriched as what I've witnessed culturally, yeah. um, especially like where, just where I live now, like in Collier Row, it's still quite a white Tory area. Like yeah. it's, it's massively out on Brexit. It's like really embarrassing for me to sort of live in this yeah. place. But and I've so now I've got um, a Hindu and a Sikh neighbour and a Muslim um, family neighbour, and I know stuff about their cultures. And they're they're a bit surprised, but then you tell them where I'm from, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, okay, we get it." Yeah. But then the next neighbour, who's like a white guy, who's lived in Essex all his life, he just has no idea. Yeah. They're just going and off it, and the it news, can, and it can be that that fear of something you don't know or understand that can then become problematic, well, isn't fear it? Fear makes the wolf look bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a, it's it's a strange one. It's uh. But I'm, I, you know, I, I wish I wasn't. I wish I could go back and have that chat with myself and just go like, listen to a bit more. You could absorb a bit more, learn probably a bit more. But academically, I wouldn't have become a stockbroker. Yeah. Because you know, I remember my um, uh, what was it? The careers advice talk you have, and she and uh, even in that, I was a prick. She said, "What do you <laughs> want to be when you're older?" And I said, "An adult." <laughs> It's a great answer. <laughs> She's just like, can you get out? <laughs> get someone else in. Brilliant. Track four, right? The first song that you bought from a record store. So, um, I, I was, you know, it's, it's hard to actually, I think a lot of people um, really, really um, make this one up. Yeah. If I'm being cynical okay. of the ones I've listened to, I think people are bullshitting yep. to be cooler. But, um, I mean, DJ Yoda did say Roland Rat Superstar. That's still all right, though. <laughs> I think it's still all right. I, I, you know, I don't believe in this thing of guilty pleasures. I think no, that's no absolutely such bollocks. There's no such thing. I think, I think that's bollocks. So yeah. I think Why, anything... there's, nothing, there's nothing guilty about a pleasure. Mate, um, I've never pressed a record, and Bob the Builder has. Yeah. So he's, he's one up on me in terms yep. of music industry. You know, there is levels of absolute tripe that I can't stand but someone else has obviously lapped it up yeah so yeah who, am I, who am I to judge yeah. same as what I do as a job man like people 
probably detest what I make. Yeah. At the same time, I've got people who will go in their overdrafts to buy it yeah. and get new credit cards. So it's this, that's, that's kind of the same yeah. fandom, I guess, yeah, the course. same mentality. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like that with... Um, well, I used to be like that with music and buying stuff. But So first ever CD I remember owning and caning was... Um, now 29, which is a compilation, and it's 1994, because I looked it up. What year was it? Why is, it st- why is that sticking in my mind? And um, the track listing is even better than I remember. Go on, reel some off. Incredible by MV. Right. So it's, that was my first little taster of jungle music. Yep. In 94, I would have only been, uh, what, 13? So I don't know what jungle was. I wasn't yeah. going out to jungle parties. Didn't know anyone into jungle. Um, there was... I think Blur's first track on there. 94. That yeah. would have maybe or been... Or Park Life was on it. Park yeah. Life. Something like that. It was... I'm sure it was Park Life. Yeah, that figures. Um, it would have been. There was, like, Shakademus and Pliers. There was so, it was so... Like, you know, them now 29s yeah. are eclectic as fuck. And they're, like, listening to... Um, it's like listening to Radio 1, I guess. Yeah. The, the track playlist. It's like a moment in time. And, but it covers. It used to cover like six months, I think. Yeah. Was when they come, when they dropped them, and um, I remember it was like, I'm sure it was like maroon and gold, the cover of it. Yeah. And I just remember listening to Incredible a lot and not yeah. understanding like what it was. And I, there was, I, I didn't actually write the track listing down. But if you ever, if anyone cares to bother looking it up, you'll see that like fucking hell, you know, out of them forty tunes on there. Yeah. There's there's sort of probably five to eight that are still played regular on radio now. Yeah. And uh, there's a, probably another ten that you hear on occasion. Yeah. And there's some crap, like, as always, with yeah. anything of, of a certain moment. The first Now That's What I Call Music was my first album. That was my first purchase, the first ever one. No and by the time this episode comes out, I think we would have put out the episode um, with uh, my, my friend from Virgin Records that come up with the concept and released the first now that's why i call music and he's responsible for that it's still and, going yeah and the mercury music awards he come up with that as well wow and uh, so that's an episode to uh, to check out if yes. you like your now compilations so yeah i went with um, that as my thing because i genuinely can't remember further back yep. than that and i don't think i had any money before that because didn't i don't know pocket money would have been spent on toys yep um and I remember having a tiny little beatbox thing with a flap, like cobra, they called a Cobra Lid CD right. player. And they, I don't know if you remember them, JVC did it, they were nuts. Boombox. And you pressed open, and then the speakers were in the Cobra flap, and the CD deck was in that. Fucking amazing thing. Nice. I remember, like, and you could fold it down. It's like, oh, yeah, my music's off. It folds down. Yeah. And I remember that being stuck in there for ages. And, like, I did have tapes and that. I don't, don't remember buying tapes, just remember recording tapes yeah, yeah, and that yeah. little trick of sellotape over the top bit. So you can't tape, tape over it? Yeah. Well, no, you could tape over it when it was if, there. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, it's the other way around, so, yeah, So of I course. ended up taping over a load of shit tapes that I found. That yeah. Were, that were proper bolt-produced. Yeah. Things. But, um, yeah, and then, as a side note, I wrote the first 12-inch that I bought was a Ronnie Sire's brown paper bag, because I was, um, I started to get into vinyl collecting when I started going clubbing, and, um, bought that was the start of my record buying, and I've got 5,000 vinyls. Wow. Still, I didn't sell any. I just kept yeah. everything I bought, and it was mostly dance music, 12 singles. Yeah. Yeah. 
I presume you've got some sort of lock-up, because the last time I had you on a podcast, you was talking us about the expansive range of toys that you've collected yeah. non-stop. <laughs> so I imagine you've either got a very big ass, right, or uh, there, there, there's, there's some amazing lock-up somewhere that's just full of yeah, everything I, that... Um, I really should have put my money into um, another type of um, oil derivative which is actually crude oil yeah because it'd probably be worth a lot more <laughs> but as it wouldn't stands, be as much fun mate as it stands i've got a shit ton of vinyl and a load of toys <laughs> <laughs> and i'm not an oil tycoon <laughs> have you watched the james lavelle documentary no the man from moax no i haven't seen that watch it you more than anyone will love it Obviously, what is it? Netflix? Uh, no, I, I, I got it on DVD. Um, okay. a friend Paul McDonald, the, the artist that was been on here as well, actually lent it to me. Um, but he, uh, he obviously that like, some of the stuff he done with Uncle and stuff like that, the toys that he put out. I've to got a an company. Uncle toy. Oh mate, they're worth money now. Yeah, I picked up a. It was. I mean, I know his stuff, like the Uncle thing. I've even got a Maharishi Uncle shirt that I bought back in the day. Wow. Doesn't fit me anymore, but yeah. it's fucking sick. It's like a camo with the those ominous conehead yeah. things on it. So it's like all over it, like baby blues. Mad. Yeah. Who's the artist that does all of that stuff? Because um, he's been with him from day one, pretty much. Shit, man. I, d- I should know this. I do know this because I've got other stuff of his. I can't remember. But yeah, he's on the dock. And, uh, and it's, yeah. Futura. Yeah. Futura. Legend. Mate. Yes, yes. The documentary's amazing. And then they go to his lockup, which is just vinyl and toys and cool shit you'll love it mate I'll go see that Um, so you've kind of got into buying vinyl so uh, and Ronnie's size so I imagine that 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 kind of early introduction to Jungle has now grown into drum and bass yeah um, yeah drum and bass um, I was into garage like I love garage like there's a certain era of garage I love and I know the point I fell out of love with it which is 21 seconds yeah. So Solid Crew. Yeah. That was it literally like a broke up with Garage. So that was the crossover into mainstream culture for Garage, really, Yeah, wasn't and it, it fucked it. It did actually fuck it up, um, in my opinion. Yeah. It's only my opinion. But um, before that, there's, there's a, there's, um, I've got a box of Garage that is... It's only a box, um, like a stacker box that you put under your bed, and that's rammed with Garage, and that epitomises every tune that I've ever liked, and a bit before my time, but it's good, in that box... Whereas my drum and bass jungle collection is about 12 boxes mm. of the same thing. And it's not all great if I went back through it, but that's, I mean, I need a month to go through it. Yeah. Because um, I, I don't go through them boxes anymore. They're in storage. But I can't get rid of them because a lot of that shit will never exist. Like, it doesn't exist on MP3. Yep. You can't just go on YouTube and listen to it. Yeah. A lot of bootlegs, a lot of white labels. Um, but, yeah, um, Garage led on to drum and bass for me and um i know a lot of people i, I listen to a lot of people and, and there's this like thing and especially with people who do nothing garage has become a bit of a like, source material for laughing and yeah. at, um you know a 15 year old culture but this despite that, i love people do nothing and there is some good music every i think every genre has good music yeah even if you don't you can't tolerate yeah there's all some great the garage records out there oh like there's one um, burning. I don't know if you ever heard that. I don't. I don't know. But it's like I think it's Anthill Mob. Mm-hmm. It's fucking amazing. Look to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might not be to other people, but yeah. it's early garage, like '97. Yeah. This is like before garage was actually a thing. It was real subculture, and garage existed in that time before internet and before 
MySpace and before yeah. um, that. So it was like London-centric sound as well. And, and this leads nicely then because before MySpace and wasting time on stuff like that, you would have wasted your time going to clubs and talking to actual people, right? Yeah, um, I was massively into the club culture. I got into it. Um, I remember the first club I ever went to, I was really late because I didn't get into actually going out. Because I, I was like baby-faced until I was 18. Like, even 18, you mm. could take... I, I, then I could have an ID and it was legit, yeah. I could get in. Whereas I got a lot of... Um, female cousins and they were getting in clubs three years before me hmm. just that that's the way of the world back then and then i remember going to the venue in ilford um it was a garage night saturday nights with garage and it was just amazing like blew my mind i was like never heard that music that my i was familiar with like mates playing records on turntables and a few people i knew dj'd and that but not in any serious capacity just bedroom djs yeah but then going to hear it in a club and then like I remember the night, it was like, I don't know who the DJ was, it was a house DJ, but MC Creed was there. Right. Which is an absolute fucking legend of yep. UK Garage. And I just remember the next day, my ears were ringing still. And like me and my mates who went down there, we were going to like a cafe, a fry up. My ears were ringing. I was just like, I just can't believe that he was down in Ilford. And one of my other mates was like, he lives in Ilford, you nutter. What are you talking about? <laughs> so it's like... He, you know, These people don't live in, like, what? near me. What do you mean? It's, you like, know? it's from Green Lane yeah. or something. Like, it's a, it was so bizarre. It was like he just spoiled the fairy tale. Yeah, they're from another world, right? Cause I, yeah, because I, I weren't brought up in, like, this is when I was living in Barkingside. And it was like, I'm not from around there, and I didn't know that. And I was just like, I thought everything was, like, I don't know, they're like mysteries yeah of all. course and then it was like you start joining the dots and you're like oh all these fucking people are friends yeah everyone knows and like you know their cousins and yeah it was weird it's like a friend of mine turns it's much out better when you can't see behind the curtain isn't it yeah that in garage as well because like i know i know like spoony on a personal level yeah now, and i met him through art it's weird and i know a load of other like sort of drama based djs and stuff and it's i'm still a fanboy because i'm like fucking hell it's spoony you know yeah. team it's like wow but and, and and knowing Goldie as well, I've done yeah. stuff with Goldie, and I was just like, shit, man, that guy made the fucking Terminator. You know, he, he, he was like a proper pioneer yeah. of the sounds. And, uh, and still is, still yeah. pushing that, you know, like, d- 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 he managed to turn it into orchestral stuff. Yeah. And Spoonie's done that recently as well yeah. with Garage. Yeah, I saw that. So, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's nuts, but at the same time, back then, it was mind-blowing, and yeah. um, Garage was my thing, so we used to go Garage clubs once or twice a week probably like romford did nights as well and um but bagley's which is now like office space yep. back at king's cross that was the haunt man i love that place because they used to do it's like you go to raves and you had to buy a ticket for like one nation or one love or you know moon dance it's always at the same venue it's yeah. always the same atmosphere yeah which is all good yeah same music policies more or less shifted yep. around the rooms it's like, well, why do we have to ticket yeah. for this event? But last week it was another event. It just that, that, yeah. that sort of was a bit of a weird one for me. So, of the genres you spoke about and the events you've been to for track five, what song is your song that soundtrack your years clubbing? Um, I, I can. So I picked a garage one, which is Neighbourhood by Zed Bias, the original mix. I don't know what's going to be on the Spotify list mm-hmm. but there's there's a re version that they did and they horribly fucked it up 
the one I'm talking about is Neighbourhood Z Bias, and it was on locked, locked-in records. Yep. And it's just that, I feel good, good, good. Amazing. That, that, whenever I hear that, I am literally teleported back to Ilford in the venue. Yeah. And the other one is Champion Sound, uh, a remix... So, Champion Sounds by Q Project and the Total Science remix, I found out later, Q Project is Total Science. So, he remixed his own tune and credited himself again. Probably tax reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Probably got a couple of but companies. that as a drum and bass tune. It almost was my um, intro tune, because it's just yeah. fucking gnarly. It's like, yeah. I shouldn't do that on the mic. <laughs> it's terrible. But it's like, you know, I, I, you know, I was one of them people. I worked in a record shop as well, so... I, I do that thing that's in um, Human Traffic. Human Traffic, you know? oh, yeah. Mate, you've got this tune, and you're yeah. like, mate, that sounds like everything on the <laughs> fucking wall. <laughs> and you're an idiot. Because <laughs> you can't beatbox, so yeah. you just like sound like an absolute muppet. But Have you seen anything about this new film, Beats? No. Yeah, it's, a, uh, it's getting some incredible hype at the moment. All right. Uh, yeah, and I did also see a, a Q&A with... Um, the, the, I think it was a director and a couple of the cast members of Human Traffic saying that the second one's got the green light. Really? How are they going to do that? Oh, that's weird. I don't know if like, you need to go back and touch it's, it. But the train spotting two is. was good. Do you know what? I was watching the first one last night and, and I watched T2 again a couple of weeks ago. They've just put train spotting on Netflix or something. Um, oh, mate. I thought T2 was spot on. I thought they got it exactly right. I Great. Think, like, what a way to touch the... There's too many bullshit sequels in, yeah. in Hollywood because it feels like they've run out of ideas. Yeah. So it's either reboot or sequel. And um, that is um, a valid sequel. Completely. And uh, the, the only other one that springs to mind in the last decade is Blade Runner. The okay. Tw- the, the 2049. Everything else... I probably missed something, but more or less, it's like, I'm sick of it, man. Like, I just watched Marvel Endgame yesterday. I'm just like, so, I'm so glad this is over. So did we talk, when you come on our call listing about, did you go to Empire Strikes Back at Secret Cinema? Yes. Did you? Yes. Did you go Blade Runner? Yes. What did you make of that? It's amazing. It's pretty weird, wasn't it? The rain. The, it rained indoors. Fucking, yeah, I, I, had a, I built a lit-up umbrella. Of course you did. From eBay, and I wore um, an origami unicorn. Of course t-shirt. you did. <laughs> and I, had a, I, I wore, um, I, I got this, uh, it's, it's like my favourite sort of coat that I never wear. Yeah. It's a Stone Island Mac, like sort of long Mac. Yeah. And it's white and distressed fabric. It's fucking wicked. It's like, but it looks like a football hooligan thing out of yeah. context. But at that, it's perfect. It's yeah. Like, I look like I was from the future and I had these, like, I've, I've got a lot of Nike trainers and I, I had these woven grey ones. And I turned up and my mate was like, Where'd you get all that stuff? Like, fancy dress shop. I was like, no, I actually own this. <laughs> That's my gift, <laughs> man. This is the clothes I can't wear most of the time. <laughs> but you go to Blade Runner Secret Cinema, you can. I've, I've, I just think, no, I mean, I've been to a lot of them. I weren't convinced. The first one I went to was Back to the Future. Oh, I missed that one. That blew my mind. And yeah. then I was... My missus started to go into them about a year, two years before me. Yeah. She was like, you've got to come. And I was like, no, I'm not going to a cin- I'm not going to pay 80 quid to watch a film. Yeah. And then Back to the Future come up. I was like, this changes everything. Yeah. And uh, that's been redeveloped now because it's in Westfield, Stratford, that yeah. site. But that was, that was immense. Like uh, being in Disneyland. They, yeah. they, they went that deep into it. No one breaks character. Because what's, what's coming up? I've seen they've announced the Stranger, wind, Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yeah. yeah. And then what's the one before that? They've got another one coming out soon, isn't there? I don't know because I, I don't like their cryptic emails. I just like, tell me what it is. Yeah, and I'll buy or, a ticket. Or... Yeah. Um, 
I've done the, the ones where you don't know as yeah. well. I've done I've done one where it was true to the secrets. Yeah. Obviously, that don't work now because they've. Yeah. Do you know they put Empire Strikes back into the top ten when it was when they were doing it? Really? Yeah. During that period, Fuck. It, it was grossing so much money because it was so highly attended. It actually went back into the top ten of the films of the month. Did you do Twenty Eight Days Later? Yes. I thought that was that's probably my favourite. I fell asleep though because it was on a bed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because Goldie was DJing at that, wasn't he? He DJed at the Star Wars. Oh, was it Star Wars Goldie DJ yes. that? Yeah. Because I, I know in the 28 Days Later one... That's a club now. Yeah. That place. What, the print works? Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course it is. Yeah. And it, when I was there, I was like, this should be a fucking club. Yeah, it's perfect, this isn't it? This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? We're getting... We're digressing. Yes. Sort of just literally selling secret cinema. Sorry. Um, Free tickets and all that. <laughs> <laughs> Track six. The favourite song from an artist from your home county. So, I'm just... Um, You've gone for two, right? I've gone for two again. I am. Um, so I wrote um, my London tune because that's where I was born and went to school and uh, raised and left when I was uh, probably 14, 15. Moved to Essex but continued to go to school until I finished because I didn't like the Essex school. I used to commute to school on yeah. the central line. So I went with Rachel Wallace, um, which is um, it's I Feel This Way, which is a B side to. Um, another tune of hers which was massive it charted and it was called um, fuck what was that called can't remember but um, I feel this way just epitomises me discovering old school hardcore at Bagley's and for me it's one of the best sort of hardcore tunes ever the vocals so strong um, and it turns out she's from Hoxton Shoreditch which I didn't know but that's why I picked it because I was like I've got to shoehorn that track into yeah. this because whenever I'm out it doesn't matter I know that, I know it's like a taboo but I always go and piss the DJ and say please just play that yeah and I've, had, I've, I've got it played a couple of times I'm yeah. like I just put it now you can put it on your phone and just hold it up and go you know write a little message yeah Rachel Wallace feel this way please yeah. I know this is wrong yeah <laughs> and they, but I've, I've had the nod a couple of times and they fucking yeah. bang it in and uh, it's amazing just you've got to listen to it um, but you might not be convinced it's one of them ones for me it's it's stuck you know stuck there yeah the other tune the Essex tune which I picked and I was like I'll take the take a liberty is Prodigy Firestarter because uh, again that that blew my mind punk passed me by I was too young didn't really have anyone in my family who was into that it was I was born in 81 it had sort of passed we are in Thatcher Britain by yep. then and uh didn't didn't really know about punk until way later on, uh, but that has an energy, and the punk, you know, his haircut. And then I remember at the time it was like, oh, the the punk, you know, it was it was referred to as a punk because of mm. that fucking haircut. And then that was the sort of oh, what's punk then? So it's weird, like a dance track like that, which yeah. was global success, and it's still amazing. Stand up, like absolutely. Time, I think it's a timeless record. Sorry. Um, yeah, just think this. I, I, I don't think there's. There is. I mean, Prodigy have got bangers on bangers on bangers, but that one, for me, lit a, you know, I wrote a thing about when, when Keith passed, about, you know, how he lit a fire and that's still burning. Yeah. And that epitomizes that. So, I mean, it, it can't be understated the influence of. And, and, and obviously, Keith's passing. Uh, it was awful, awful thing. Um, but the 
not just Keith, but the, the influence of, of Maxime and, and, and Liam Hallett have had on, on music, on youth culture, uh, and, 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 and on just the British musical landscape in general. Like, it's, it's huge. And, and, and as you say, bangers is certainly something they, they don't lack in. But I just want to sort of ask that, because you've, you've created action figures for The Prodigy. Yeah. How did that happen? Um... It was, it was it was like a two pronged meeting happening um, coincidence. Yeah. So one was the Scroobius Pip connection with him knowing them, yeah. Liam, and then the other one was um, I've got a it's complicated. It's like a second. Let's just say he's a second cousin, and he bought some of my art before we knew we were related. This is another just a weird story. Anyway, it turns out we're related. He's bought quite a bit of artwork off me turns out he's a really good friend of Liam and um, he he sent me a message one day which was like oh Liam just bought one of your pieces I'm with him at the art fair and I was like oh can you just ask him if he wants to be a toy an action figure and I and this was just after Pip's one had come out and I sent him a picture on WhatsApp and he was like yeah yeah here's his number you should just talk to him like he wants to talk to you just I was like, fucking hell. So I've got my phone, I've got a couple of, like, it still weird, freaks me out now. I've got a couple of weird numbers in my phone that I'm like, that's an absolute fucking legend. I've got yeah. to send him a message. Yeah. What do I say? So, uh, yeah. Anyway, it came about. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, we, it, was, it was like like with Pip, dealing with the artist directly, um, and doing anything with Norm, usually I'm just dealing with them and not the management because I've, I've had other experiences in music where stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. It all gets caught up in this managerial fucking yeah. soup and everyone's left with an empty bowl. Yeah. So uh, bypassing that, made, Liam, Liam said, yeah, let's do it. That was it. It was the ball was in my court. I, I started, I got it happening got it done. And, uh, it was really easy. Then the management get involved, and you know you can see this thing 
you know, the wheels start to wobble, but you're like, no, Liam's like, no, no, no we're doing it. That's it. Yeah. And it steam, it, yeah, it just steams through there, and it's really nice. It's like, it's the, it's the shared sort of energy. It was like, yeah. it wasn't, we, we, we never talked about money. And same with Pip. I'm like, it's not, a, we're not doing it for that. We're just, it, this needs to fucking exist. Yeah. Let's do that. And then, the, you know, obviously the, the, money, the, the numbers and the money comes into it, but then that's not our concern. We're just like, yeah. let's make something. Yeah. You know, I don't think they go to the studio going, we need to write a, a tune that's going to sell X amount and get us another fucking house or We've got to get this song out of us. Yeah. Just, yeah, this is a thing. We're going to do it. And, and those, those, those sessions, I mean, speaking to like, musicians and producers and stuff who I've met, and I get it the same. Sometimes I get like, in the zone when I'm making something and I'm late home by three hours. And I'll have like 15 missed calls, and my missus is like, Where are you? you? You were meant to be home three hours ago. And I was like, Shit, last time I feel like I blinked was three hours ago. Yeah. And, and it's the same, that, that, that thing, there's, a, there's, there's a, like a, um, a parallel there but with, I guess, all creative Creatives, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. That's the zone. I think that's, yeah. that's the zone. It's, yeah. a, it's a time warp. It's like scuba diving, if you've ever done scuba diving. I haven't, no. Time is different in, in underwater. Right. Yeah. You've really? got to try it. Yeah, yeah. Time's weird underwater. Like, you go under and you feel like you've been under for five minutes, but your 45 minute tank's nearly up. Yeah. And you've been under that long. It's fucking weird. But that's, that's the only equivalent thing to a zone. Yeah. It's beautiful, though. I think if you're doing something that the, the, the passion's flowing and three hours has gone like that, then you know you're doing what you're meant to be doing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... Apart from my flippant comment to the careers advisor, about being, <laughs> wanting to be an adult when I grow up, um, I, I actually said to her as well, like, I want to do something where I don't wear a suit, shirt and tie. That's like my criteria because I fucking detested wearing a school uniform yeah. to the point of like everyone turned, you know, by year 11, everyone's um, tie is four inches. It looks like a ridiculous yeah, of course. Sort of, um, cravat thing. Yeah. And um, I, 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 um, I absconded from shoes and wore ridiculous basketball trainers yep. just as a fuck you. This is, uh, you know, I'm a rebel. And I, I used to, even my friends would coat my shoe selection off because they were all wearing Reebok Classics and yeah. I'd come in in like Nike up tempo. Yeah. You know, from America, Scotty Pippin fucking shoes. They'd be like, what are they, man? Moon boots. And they, they've got like, yeah, they've got all their Fuck you, in 15 years' time, I'll be at Secret Cinema in these bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah that's, that's, that's it. It's, um, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's just a mad thing. Final song. Interested to see this one. I would not have had you down for this. Um, so the last song is a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Play DJ, right? So this track is by the Sheffield-based... Frona, stroke, Troubadour. rock god, fucking guitar maestro, that is Richard Hawley. And it, the tune is um, Run For Me, which is not one of the ones that most people, even if they know Richard, mm. they wouldn't know that track. But I don't know, I don't even know why that one for me, but it's cracking. Oh, it gives me goosebumps when I hear it. Um, like a lot of his records, uh, I'm a big, I've got, you know, over the years, I've discovered a lot of artists after they've died Johnny Cash being one of them uh, Biggie Smalls I found Biggie Smalls' music two weeks after he died right which was a massive that's a head fuck 
I was in school at the time. But anyway, Richard I mean, Moore... We should say that, obviously, Biggie Small is quite a massive impact on your art as well, right? Oh, rap music is... I could do this again with just hip-hop yeah. and rap. But yeah. I've, I'm like... Yeah, I, I just went this way because I'm... It, I mean, I do a lot of different art things, but the acid thing is really prominent, what I'm yeah. doing. Um, especially... Yeah, especially now. And, like, there, there's that thing of, like... Um, ownership of a smiley face and someone invented it but it's regurgitated itself and it's the far you know emoji language is the fastest growing thing yeah. on the planet so for me it's interesting it's like i'm fucking around with the the grandkids of the og smiley mm. um that's that's why this list is more dance centric yes um but richard is the sort of exception to this whole thing because um, i could have gone i could have pulled out a really obscure drum and bass track um, most people would just think it's shit. Um, but I don't think Richard Hawley has got the recognition he deserves for what he's doing and done. Um, and he was also like a touring guitarist with Pulp. Yep. Um, long Pigs. I've seen him. Yeah, Long Pigs was his first I, I, band. I supported him twice in no the Long way. Pigs. Yeah. Fucking hell. See, now I'm like, <laughs> shit, you've just moved up on the... Uh, you, you're getting closer to action figures, Stu. This is fucking weird. <laughs> uh, you literally just went... <laughs> on, the <laughs> on the Jenga corner. Oh, brilliant. Fucking brilliant. tower. But Richard Hawley, just... I, I just implore everybody to just go and look at his back catalogue because everything he's ever put out bar a few things. I especially like his covers of, um, he'd done some Johnny Cash and yeah. I'm so lonesome he loves to cry. Roll, doesn't he? And, um, I think he did Long Black Vale and I've even got a live recording he did at the Devil's Arse as a cave mm. and it was like, he, he sampled, he'd, he'd done some Christmas songs. Fucking amazing. Like, I just, his voice is amazing. I know he's changed now. He's gone, he's going more and more electronic mm. and it's all good. Like he's evolving as an artist and he's doing like sort of modern rock and roll and, um, he's got a really distinctive, um, rockabilly look, I think. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think it's rockabilly. I'm not really sure on all those subcategories of it. But, yeah. Um, I've seen him live, and um, it, for the encore, he brought out Lisa Marie Presley when I see him, which I was like, this is fucking crazy. That's a Presley. Yeah. Um, That's weird. That, that was in Shepherd's Bush Empire. Yeah. And another time, I'd, I, so I've only seen him the once, and I had tickets for another show, and I didn't put it on a calendar. I completely just missed it one yeah. night. So I, Oh, fuck. Like, I remember two weeks later, yeah. I was like, fuck's sake. How did you discover Richard Orley? Six Music. Right. Because um, where I used to work in a sign company, um, back, I, so I got the job there in 2003, and I think that's about the time Six Music started. Yeah. And the, the boss who I used to um, work for then, he got a digital radio. It was massively expensive. It was like 200 quid for a yeah. digital radio then. It was a piece of shit. But he was like, oh, I've heard about this radio station. I want to listen to it in the workshop. And for the first six months, it was like we were listening to Radio 2, Ken Bruce. And I was like, this is bollocks. Yeah. I'm not used to this. Like, I've gone from Kiss FM to that. Yeah. And um, so... <laughs> I, I from Bagley's to Ken Bruce. Oh, Amazing. Uh, Popmaster and all that crap. And uh, <laughs> it was... Um, Danny Baker, funny enough, was the only highlight. We used to switch the radio to listen to him on London. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, he's amazing. Despite the, the recent fucking shit that's happened to him, I think he's a legend, a game changer in terms of radio. But um, six music, breath of fresh air. So I remember listening to Phil Jupiter's in the morning. Like yeah. very, so I've, I've listened to it. I think 
almost as long as it's been around. Yeah. And George Lamb was my absolute favourite yep. when he was on it. I was in bits, but and, and what, what was even funnier because he was connect, he's probably my age, I think. Yeah, thirty-seven. That's probably about right. Yeah, yeah. and he, just everything about his fucking radio show. It was like Danny Baker, but with my age stuff yeah. and connections I got. And um, the boss of the company used to hate it because he didn't get any of the references. Yeah. So he would be like, "Oh, when's this fucking? When's this over? When's the next show on?" And um, but yeah, uh, six music's probably. You know, I tell all the um, American people I meet, just listen to that. Yeah. Because American radio is terrible. Yeah. From what I've listened to. Six Music's the daddy. It's just unbelievable. The the cross-section of music on there. So, yeah, I've discovered, like, tons of stuff. Kings of Leon, like, a lot of the guitar music and stuff I appreciate now, uh, and stuff that just completely passed me by, is through that. And Richard Hawley's definitely one of them. And it was, I know the song that introduced me to him, it was Just Like the Rain. Oh, yeah, lovely. And, um, yeah, that, I remember that song. And, I, I, and I, at the same time, I was listening to, like, a lot of depressing Johnny Cash music. Yeah. Um, and that was when I was, like, before I'd started doing art. So it was, like, pre-2006. And I was probably going, I'd, looking back at it, it was probably, like, the closest I got to being depressed. I don't think I've ever been depressed. But I was in a dark place. I was, like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing in my life. I'm only young, but I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. And that miserable fucking music pulled me out of my own dark hole. Yeah. Because I was like, there's someone worse than me. My plight isn't actually that bad. Yeah. Just listening to those guys. And I I really believe him. And I'm not religious at all, but Johnny Cash's spiritual music, I really like. It's amazing. It's really weird. Like, one one of my favourite Johnny Cash tunes is I Was There When It Happened. Yeah. And it's about, like, he's, G- he's still Jesus stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, I to- I'm, I'm an atheist. I'm yeah. like, but I believe he believes, and yeah. that's enough. That's like listening to good hip-hop. Yeah. They're talking about gang life, and a yeah. lot of them didn't do it. So that's no one why. can question Johnny Cash won't for real. Like, oh, he's 100% like Bible Belt. He was born yeah. in Arkansas. It's like, he's 100% involved. Yeah. And he, he went to, um, there's, there's talk, like, I've listened to all these recordings. I've got, like, limited edition stuff from America. And there's one where he... He sort of goes off the record and he's talking about how him and um, June went to Israel and Jerusalem and just recorded stuff with microphones and put an album out of recordings of the Holy Land. That's how, like that's how much power he had. Yeah. In in the business, he could just put that out, and he had a demographic for it because he, you know, he. Um, well, I got into him as well through the film. Yeah. And how he he's. You know, when he went to Sun Recordings, they just said, no, no, you're not coming here and singing religious stuff. Yeah. Like, it's been done. It's finished. We need something fresh. Yeah. But then once he'd established himself, he's like, nope, I'm recording what yeah. I want to record now. I think it's great that, that, that you know, biopics of, of these, that these people, like, have such an impact now. And I'm not going to lie. I've been a ridiculous music fan all my life, but I'm not going to say that I was always into the doors. When that film came out, Val Kilmer in 1993 or whatever, I was like, this band's amazing. Yeah. And then I went and lost myself in the doors. And I'm quite sure there's probably a lot of young people that are now listening to Queen. And I'm sure in a couple of weeks, some will be listening to Elton John, you know? Well, I got into the doors because of Wayne's World. Oh, right. You know, of course, when he goes to the... <laughs> Jim, <laughs> Jim Morrison appears as a slight little <laughs> yeah. like, spiritual hippie guy. Yeah. You know, you've got to, put this, got to put the festival on, man. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck's that guy? It's the epiphany, isn't it? Yeah, so I was like, that was amazing. And then like, through that, I got into Aerosmith for a little while. 
And obviously, and I guess Queen was, was uh, Wayne's yeah. World, the first one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, the car scene's like, yeah. Um, I, I, would, I, I remember my dad having this album, and I don't know whether it was an album or an EP, but it was, um, it was a, a live recording of Queen, Lisa Stansfield, and George Michael, all on one thing. Right. They did a... That would have been... Just, it was Was that the Freddie, was the Freddie Mercury tribute gig? No, no, Freddie's on it. Oh, right. Before he died. And it's just mad. Maybe, maybe I've got that wrong. Maybe yeah. it was... No, but I'm sure... George and Lisa Stafford definitely played at the, the, ben, the, the tribute gig. But I'm sure there's one where it's like they did um, something like the Papa was a Rolling Stone or something, but it was like George, George Michael's amazing voice, Lisa Stansfield, and I'm sure Freddie Mercury's on it. Yeah. If not, it was just like the rest of Queen. But that was like... It wasn't enough for me to go off and get into, like, wham and yeah. go off on th- those yeah. tangents that I did with, like, rap and dance music. But I remember that little thing being caned at yeah. home for, for, the, for, the, for the just, like, them power vocals, yeah. man. And it was just like, yeah. There's loads of stuff like that that I've discovered, like, over the years. Like, little, little stand-up things. And, but, yeah, I'd say six... Like, yeah, it sounds like an advert for six music, but... Yeah. It's, it's very, I think it's a very important thing, and it was like a dark time when that nearly shut down. And, um, yeah. and, and you, you know, you're talking about like biopics and that. I got into Joy Division through Control. Control, yeah. Because I'd, I'd heard of New Order, and obviously, like, the, my dance music research stopped, and it didn't, it didn't go past into like New Order and, and where that electronic craft mm. work and all that. I didn't go that far back. Oh, so like, much good roofs. stuff, yeah. It sort of stopped at, um, Frankie Knuckles, yeah. the house tangent, yeah. and then back to America. Um, but Joy Division, and like listening to that now, I was like, well, fucking hell, I wish I'd have knew, knew about Joy Division yeah. when I was a bit like, um, you know, feeling a bit sad yeah. and sorry for myself. You watch 24 Hour Party People, right? Yeah. Yeah, amazing film. Yeah, amazing it's, film. it's nuts. But like, um, I, I think Isolation, Joy Division, mm-hmm. is probably in my top five tracks of all time of any genre it's just incredible incredible just, band yeah just i don't even know how, i'm not musically sound like i listen to records i'm like i love i just love it i love the sounds i love you know bass lines and things but i don't i can't go oh yeah that's a guitar or that's a synthesizer it don't I, matter does it no it's how you it's sonically eric but i've listened to a lot of your guests and they're they're able to break shit yeah. down and i'm like but ultimately, I wish I could. ultimately it's the finished product and how that works yeah. with you, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Like, just, there's t- yeah, there's too much. I couldn't do a Desert Island disc because I'd have to take a like, oh, 500 gig. every day. I'd Where? take a 500 gig iPod <laughs> and, just, and just say, oh, I want this instead. Yeah. And I want a fucking electricity bike. I'll just charge Brilliant. it up. <laughs> Get fit and work your way through your iPod. Perfect. What's coming up next, Roy? Um, I'm working on a bunch of stuff for like little small art events. So there's one down in Brighton. Um, I don't know when this is going to come out. It might be after the event. Yep. That's in June. I'm doing a little show in Lisbon with Norman Cook that he's curating. Nice. Um, doing a, doing the centerpiece for that and, uh, live art at that. And then, um, trying to finalize plans to go back to Tokyo to do an art show in October. And then, a bit, bit further down the line, um, a show in Miami in next year. Wow! Yeah, I've done, I've done one. That would be seven years after I've done my first one in Miami. So yeah, a lot of little clothes label. Got the got the kids' clothes label that um, 
I've, I'm working on, put a lot of energy into, and one of your previous guests is mm -hmm. involved in that, Mark okay. Watts. Um, you know, he's like the Duracell battery <laughs> of the operation. <laughs> Never runs low, that one. No, he's, uh, no, he's not a Duracell battery then. He's a solar panel, isn't he? Yeah. He's yeah. A, yeah. I mean, that's quite offensive to his bald head, that, right? I think that's what it is then. If he wore a cap, I reckon he'd run on 50% power. He's just charging his head. I'm going to fucking... I'm, I'm going to put a do-rag on him. <laughs> just knock him down a bit. I think that's what it is. Oh, brilliant. Right, thanks loads for doing this, mate. No I really problem. appreciate it. And best of luck with the art, man. Cheers. Thanks, thanks buddy. There you go. End of another episode. I knew you'd enjoy it. What a top lad. He's Riker. Yeah, so, so massive thanks to him for coming in and doing that. Thanks to you lot for listening. Uh, what else can I tell you quickly? I'll tell you what I can tell you. Go to Google and type in Riker, R-Y-C-A, then put artist after that as well, and then just click it, get involved, go and look at some of the stuff that, that Rye's done because it's amazing and it's super cool as well. You know, from the from everything, just... just the action figures blow my tiny mind, but everything Ryan's done is it's just ridiculously cool. So go and have a look, go and get involved, and uh, yeah, and I'll um, I'll see you all next time. Thanks again for listening. See you later. Oh yeah, sorry, I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, and there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network with me, Stu Whipping. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.